Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined by a giggly AJ Hayfley. I can hear in my headphones. AJ, we are talking early in the AM, the, the morning after the Avs defeat the Calgary Flames 3-2 to two in overtime in Game 2. Nathan McKinnon with an absolute laser of a shot after a beautiful Miko Rantanen lead pass is what sends the abs to victory. Series is all tied one-to-one. AJ, first, just overall impressions of the game last night. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, I thought they they played, man, they, they play a good game. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they took it to Calgary pretty steadily throughout. Uh, I thought that they were really good in the third period. Mm-hmm. Like, just watching them, I was sitting there and I'm like, man, these guys are these guys have got the giddy up tonight. You know, like they've they had that pep in the step and they were rocking and rolling. You could tell right away with Nathan McKinnon. It was, oh, this is angry Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I think we were standing at the bar when the game started together. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's locked in. Yeah, that that was one of those things. You saw McKinnon take the way that he played that first shift. It was, oh, boy, Calgary better hold on. <laughs> yeah, like it was very much like, oh, okay. Like this, they, they about to get run through. Right. And they and like to their credit, like Mike Smith put really well again, and they did they did a really poor job of containing Nathan McKinnon, who absolutely devoured Mikhail Backlund last night. That was last night was Bill Peters' worst fears realized because Johnny Gaudreau remains a ghost. He has not been an impact player in this series through two games, and like he picked up a point on that nonsense Monaghan goal where two whiffed shots turned into a perfect one. Mm-hmm. We were just like, what? Right. So, 
You know, like it's last last night. I I, I can't imagine Bill Peters slept a whole lot last night <sighs> because that dude he has got to be on the lookout for everything now because his best his best laid plan not only did it get crumpled up and thrown back in his face last night but like they stepped on it along the way yeah well i mean you know it's one of those things where calgary that's you know that was their opportunity to take advantage you could get nathan mckinnon into the matchups he wanted and 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 when i mean when he just goes off like that and you can't contain him you know, obviously, this switches home ice advantage back in the Avs' favor. Yep. In in a in a in a realistic sense, but also in 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 the sense of for the next two games, now Bill Peters doesn't get his matchups. So Nathan McKinnon just went off when you were getting your matchups and able to get the defensemen and the forwards out there against him that you wanted on a on a mostly consistent basis. Well, now you're heading to Denver where you're not going to be able to get your matchups. You know but just a a couple of times, you know, a game on icings or if you get an on the fly change. So, you know, this is, this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the series. Bill Peters has no playoff experience and this is where it gets tough, right? When you're having to play the same team night after night and the game plan that you just had that held up for game one, the bottom completely fell out of it on game two. Now, how does Bill Peters make an adjustment in this situation? He's never been in. All right, my game plan just got thrashed. Now I'm heading into a place where I'm at a disadvantage. Y- you have to feel that 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 game last night swings a ton of momentum to the abs in more than just one way. Well, absolutely. And this is exactly what you and I talked about before the series started. If the abs can put Calgary on the back foot, one, they haven't been there all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not going to be... Not, they're not going to be comfortable in any way. And then, two, now they have 100% of the pressure. The yeah. Avs have no pressure whatsoever to do anything in this series. Nobody picked them. Nobody took them seriously. And now they, they've they tied it. They, they've split in Calgary. They're already ahead of last year where they lost both games in Nashville. They're coming back to the Pepsi Center where they were dominant in the last month of the season. I mean, and, and that crowd, the Pepsi Center is going to be going insane with the way yeah, that, for multiple reasons now. Right, exactly. So last year, you look at Game Three; it's playoff game at home. Denver always shows up for the playoffs. <clears throat> You're down two nothing against a team that that was just in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know it's an uphill battle, and that place was going crazy this year. You're coming home tied one-to-one in a series a lot of people believe that you've got a chance. A lot of people in Denver, at least, believe that you have a chance. And, oh, by the way, you just signed the best prospect not cur- that wasn't currently in the NHL who's about to make his NHL debut in Game 3. The place is going to be absolutely nuts. And how many times have we talked about the players say that they feed on that? I, I expect a huge, huge start from the abs. And now that I say that, it's all going to go the other way. But I mean, just based on what history has told us, Pepsi Center is going to be going crazy, and uh, man, it's it's the yeah, Avs got to be feeling pretty good coming back home. Yeah, I mean, you have to feel amazing. This was the goal. This is this is the goal. Anytime 
any 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 playoff series where you are the underdog, right? Where you're the team that starts on the road. You say we want to get the split. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you think Dallas is feeling sorry for themselves coming out of Nashville with a split? Like, sure, they had an overtime game where they could have been up two nothing. That would have been great for them. Right. But those guys are going back to Dallas feeling like they're the team still. Mm-hmm. And it's for all the same reasons Colorado is right now. You know, that Calgary has everything to lose in this series. Everything. You know, they're the they're the top seed. They are uh they are the team of expectations. They won the Western Conference running away. They were they were the only Western Conference team who did not put their fan base through any sort of melodrama throughout the season. <laughs> they just showed up, played solid hockey for six months, and got to the playoffs with the number one seed and home ice advantage. Easy peasy. It's like a perfect game plan. And now all of a sudden, you know, they they got hit in the face a little bit. And we're going to we're going to see what they're made of cuz we don't know. Nobody really knows cuz this did not happen to them during the regular season. Mm-hmm. So this is this just got really 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 interesting. Yeah. No, I mean absolutely cuz cuz the abs the abs played really well for the first half of game 1 to the point where you said, "Wow, you know, that that probably put Calgary on notice that hey, the abs are here. The abs are for real. You got to take them seriously. They came out last night. <clears throat> and to your point, you know, man, I thought the abs were the better team for, for the vast majority of last night. I thought they deserved to win that game. I, I thought had the abs lost that game in overtime and come out of there in an O2 hole, it would have been an, an injustice because I thought they played that well. And <clears throat> so, you know, not only did they come out of it and it's not like, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if there's an example this year, but you've seen series in the past where one team completely dominates, uh, you know, a hot goalie makes it one to one. You come out of there like, yeah, you don't feel all that good because they got completely outplayed, even though it's one to one. The abs yeah. were in the games. The abs were taking it to the flames and, and they were giving the flames all they can handle. And now they're about to add another depth piece. On well, and. and- you're talking about um, how you feel coming out of those series, you know, um, out of those two games. Do you remember in Na- against Nashville last year when we were we were talking about it? Like the Avs were in both of those games. Mm-hmm. They could have walked out of Nashville one-one last year because they were in both of those games. Right. Uh, you know, I think there was there was like a, some late empty netters that that skewed the scores a little bit, but. I remember, especially game one, like the abs were in those games and they just couldn't quite, they just couldn't quite get over the hump. Yeah. And last night they did, you know, and they, they, you know, they, they get all the credit in the world for me because they took cow, they took a tough spot where they were playing really well and they were rocking and they were rolling and, you know, Kerfoot had hit the post a few minutes earlier. And so they, you know, they were that close to getting the lead in the third period. And then that nonsense Monahan goal, which is just three guys whacking away at a puck. Mm -hmm. And like, it was a great goal, but I mean, come on. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, and go ahead. And Colorado made it happen, man. Like they made it. They they won the face off. They made the play through the through the zone. They got the cross ice pass. Like they did everything right mm-hmm. to earn to earn that goal. Everything right. Well, and and see, dude, this is and it's 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 they've done it one year, and and you know they they went to the playoffs last year, and I'm not going to put too too much stock into that. But I can't help but feel like this is a tiny step forward. This is growth. This is them pulling on experience. You talked about it a minute ago. The Avs were in both games in Nashville. Couldn't get it done. It was their first time in the playoffs. You don't want to say they were overcome by the moment because they were in both of those games. They never looked like they were overcome by the moment. But, again, it's your first time doing it. You can't figure out how to tie that game. You haven't ever had to, you know, pull a playoff game even you haven't ever had to you know win in overtime and and stack up like that this year they draw on that experience a little bit it was a game that they were in two three nights ago and last night they came out and they took that next step they got the game tied late they didn't let the crowd and the noise and and the you know and the other team's momentum overcome them they pushed back like you said they draw up a play a, a playoff of a face-off of all things, by the way, uh, which has you know been a point of uh, contention amongst Avs fans for the last two years. They drop a playoff of a face-off, execute it perfectly, tie the game. You never looked like they were nervous. It never looked like they were unsure of themselves heading into the playoffs. And, and I mean, that Nathan McKinnon goal, he was – I mean, how many shots did he have last night? I haven't even looked yet. Uh, I, I mean, I know he had a, a ton just heading into the third period, at least shot attempts. So you knew he was going to get one eventually. And I mean, he blew that one by Mike Smith. And, and again, <laughs> to me, that was just, they're growing, they're learning, they're calling on past experiences. Again, you look at them down the stretch. They didn't want to wait till game 82. It was game 81 this year. <laughs> Call it minuscule, but that is improvement again this year. They couldn't take two games. They couldn't take one game on the road last year. They're able to do it this year. They get to come back home one to one. And uh, like I said, if, if if you're the Abs, if you're an Abs fan, maybe this all goes south and Calgary wins the next three. But after games one and two, you got to be feeling pretty good coming back to Pepsi Center. Absolutely, man. Uh, for the record, uh, nine shot attempts, seven on goal, six scoring chances uh, for McKinnon last night. There you go. Like I said, you knew you knew he was going to get one eventually. Uh, and, and you know what I loved about it is he said, I'm just going to keep going glove side because eventually I'm going to blow one by you. And you can keep going with all these theatric glove saves in you know the first period. But when it came right down to it, Mike Smith's glove ain't that fast. It ain't that fast. Well, well and like – it's it's funny because uh, you remember during game one, people were like, stop shooting glove side. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, last night he gets beat glove a couple of times. Right. Um, but, like, that's also who McKinnon is. How many goals did he score short side? Like, right. he, he beats goalies on the regular on the glove. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who he is. That's where he likes to shoot. Why would you? Why would you ask him to not do that? Like that's who he is. Uh-huh. Let your superstar, let your ninety-nine point player, let the guy that has almost two hundred points in the last two seasons, the guy who scored forty goals for you this year, let him be who he is. Right? 
Like, just trust that eventually, eventually he's going to break through doing what he does. You know, it's it's not like if Ovi stands on the Ovi spot and doesn't score in a game, you're going to be like, well, he should not do that anymore. Right. Right. You know, like, let him, like, let him be who he is. And that's just, that's what was up last night with McKinnon. He was, he was McKinnon. And sucks for Calgary. <laughs> I mean, flat out, man. I mean, that's, that's worst fears realized for the Flames, where Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon comes out and just wails on Mikhail Backlund. Uh-huh. And it took until overtime. Like, it wasn't like on the scoreboard, the Avs ran away from them or anything. That was a really good hockey game. Yeah. But the Avs, the Avs absolutely were the better team. And they really took, and Colorado Stars really took it to the Flames last night. And Calgary Stars did not have the same impact. You know, Johnny Gaudreau has done nothing in the series. Sean Monahan, his has his one notable moment was that wild swing he took at the puck. Yeah, and hey, pretty uh, <laughs> pretty big moment. Yeah, but at the same time, like like real talk, like that's I mean the guy the guy caught the break that Alexander Kerfoot didn't. Right. You know, and Kerfoot was all over the place compared to Monahan. You know, the the star of this series for Calgary so far has been Makachuk. I think it's been Mike Smith. Okay, fair. But I mean like up front, yeah, yeah, yeah. like their for, of their forwards. And and by the way, where yeah. was he last night? Uh well, yeah. Pretty pretty I mean Sam Bennett was more of the the Makachuk of last night. You know, he uh who hurt Sam Gerrard uh, with the high hit where he jumped into him. Right. And we haven't mentioned and, that, by the way, so far in this segment, because we don't have any information that you don't right now. Yeah. And people are all like tweeting at me like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Cam McCarr signed, but what about Sam Gerrard? One, it's funny how quickly we move right. on. And two, uh, we don't know yet. Um, we have media availability today out at the airport. There will be no practice. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully he's good to go. I, I mean, knowing the abs and knowing that it's the playoffs, I strongly doubt we're going to get a meaningful update today. But hopefully, yeah. And and before we get out of this segment, I want to make sure we're clear. Calgary is still a very good team, and and Dude, they have awesome. they have stars that could very easily turn it on. So when we say you got to be feeling good, that doesn't mean yeah, look for the abs to win the next three and and Calgary to put up no fight. But it's hey. The abs have shown that they can come out, punch you right back in the mouth, and that they've been able to shut down some of Calgary's best players. Um, you got to be feeling good with the with the you know the little bit of playoff experience the abs have. They seem like they they're they're drawn on it, and and Jared Bednar so far has been up to the tasks through games one and two, and uh, I'm anxious to see the rest of this one play out. I think it's going to be a great finish to the series. Uh, and and I cannot wait to be in the building tomorrow night. Uh, I think Pepsi Center is going to be absolutely electric. Um, I think personally, man, I think Pepsi Center is geared up to be as loud and as raucous as it's been in many, many, many years. I do too. I, I think 
I, I think you can expect, uh, you know, especially right after puck drop, those first few shifts after, um, I, I think, you know, that was one thing that really surprised me about games one and two is Calgary, the, the crowd never really seemed to be overly engaged. And I don't know if yeah. that's standard for Calgary crowds, but you just think Canadian city, they had that huge watch party outside. I mean, you see the thousands and thousands of people relatively subdued building yeah i mean it was you always wonder about stuff like that right like you always wonder is this just like the microphones in the arena right is there is it just not picking something up you know but it really like compare that to nashville last year and like i am loathe to give those people credit (laughs) but like straight up, man. Like they, that crowd last year. That's a hostile crowd. Mm-hmm. They they pour energy into the building, and while the players are always like, "Oh, it's fun to play in front of them because they're a nuts crowd," you know that it's harder because the uh, the predators draw so much energy just from that crowd being bananas. Right, and and maybe it, maybe even doesn't throw off the visiting team. It feeds into the home team. It absolutely does. Absolutely. Like those guys, like you're lying to yourself. You think those guys aren't like, oh, our crowd is super into this. I'm super into this. You're super into this. We're super into this. We're going to go out there and step on those guys' face. Right. I mean, it's it's like, human nature. If you know, wow, 18,000 people are going to cheer for me if I finish my check. Guess what? You're going to finish your check. And it's you're, you're going to do the right things because you're going to get 18,000 people supporting you. And, and that amps you up. That would amp me up. I'd go do stuff to get praise from 18,000 people. Well, and I mean, just like, look at the, uh, look at the bar last night, man. Look how bananas that was. Mm-hmm. Like you think even, even me, like in my natural shyness and my, my not wanting to like get crazy with a bunch of people that I don't know. And like, even that, like they score an overtime and people are high-fiving everybody's giving hugs. It was bananas, dude. People feed into that energy just naturally. And and now, like, you know, like, Pepsi Center crowds have been so blah for so long because Colorado sports fans are just waiting. They're just – they've just been sitting around waiting. Like, look at Rockies games and the – you know, and when they make the playoffs and they have, a, they have a home game, like, those crowds are electric. You know, like, the Broncos have had crazy crowds – for 30 years and it's given teams problems. Pepsi Center tomorrow night is going to be burn the house down nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to be in that building. You know, if we can't wait to be in that building, how the hell do you think the players feel? Yeah. And and like, I mean, how how do you think Eric Johnson's feeling right now? Who had like seven shots on goal last night despite his other issues. That dude is amped up. You know that as soon as that crowd gets buzzing, and especially if they have that extra addition that we're going to talk about, dude, Mm -hmm. tomorrow is going to be so crazy. And especially if they can come out and jump on the flames early, you know, if they can get a goal in the first, before the first TV timeout and, and, you know, get a lead (laughs) and really get the crowd into it. It, it, it honestly could be enough to say, you know, if, if the abs can get out and, and, and get going, 
it could be enough to push them to a game two win, seriously, and, and give them a lead in this series just purely based on, on the energy of the crowd. Because like you said, how many times have we seen it work for the Broncos over the last however many years? You know, that, that just playoff energy that Denver seems to bring. And uh, I, I do. I think, I think Pepsi Center is going to be right up there with some of the loudest, rowdiest buildings in the league tomorrow night. Uh, maybe not Vegas loud where coaches and players can't hear each other on the bench, but uh, I think it's going to be loud. I think it's going to be going crazy, and oh, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. Dude, it's going to be it's going to be nuts, and like if it's going to be on Colorado to get out early and to take advantage of that because you're right, man. If they if they put one in four minutes into the into the game. That building is going to be going insane. Yeah, it's going to erupt. And then and then there's a possibility because, you know, we've seen the Avs do this at home where they they feed off that energy like crazy and they just snowball games out of control. Mm-hmm. It doesn't – this year, like, they, they're a super low-scoring first-period team, so it hasn't happened a lot early. But – they do they they absolutely are going to have a chance to convert all that energy into something meaningful and i mean if if it's 2 3 nothing at the end of the first period like calgary might be in some real trouble yeah tomorrow calgary's game plan should be hold on to your butts for the first 20 minutes because i feel like that's the only way they'll have a chance tomorrow is if they can if calgary can either come out and and kill the energy in the building with with you know an early lead or if they can just kind of ride through it, you let the abs get any kind of momentum going after they're feeling good, after the crowd has gotten into it. Um, yeah, if you're Calgary, you're in some trouble. AJ, long opening segment here. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we have mentioned that there may be an extra player on the ice tomorrow. Kale McCarr has officially signed his entry-level contract with the Colorado Avalanche. His college career is over, and he is en route to Denver. Uh, We're going to talk all about it, what it means for Kale, what it means for the Avs, and when we should expect to see him and what to expect out of him. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. AJ Hayfley and Jesse Montano here hanging out, uh, talking Avs game one, and, or not game one, Home game one coming up tomorrow. The Avs win game two last night in Calgary, three to two in overtime, bringing an even series one to one back to Pepsi Center. Uh, but AJ, what we are talking about is what 
also might be in Pepsi Center tomorrow night. Kale McCarr, the Hobie Baker winner uh, as a sophomore this year, the best player in college hockey, Avs fourth overall pick two years ago after the 48-point season. Uh, Avs fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting. It was already out of their element to wait that first time. As usually when you've got a top five pick, uh, at least for the abs, you usually see that guy jump to the NHL right away. Not even for the abs, man. He was the first. Uh, he was the first top five uh, pick that was playing college, who went back for a second year since Van Riemsdyk in 07. Well, so, well, so that's what I'm saying. So, so well, I mean, it was unconventional for Avs fans to have to wait for a first round pick that high to get into the lineup. As in recent years, the Avs have graduated their a lot of yeah. their first round picks immediately to the NHL. Oh, we drafted you, go play. Right, yeah. So that that's how it had been for so long. So all Avs fans were already out of their element. And then it was like, all right, well, we wait one year and then and then we get to see him. So yeah, go develop for a year. I guess that's fine. And then at the end of that year, it's like, all right, here we go. And more waiting and more waiting and more waiting. And then he gets to the, you know, then it was, oh, well, his team's not very good. He'll be able to be with the Avs down the, the stretch. Well, it turned out his team was very good, a lot thanks to him. And it's, well, they wouldn't make it to the, the tournament anyways. Well, they made it to the tournament. And then it was, well, and then at that point, we knew that they were going to go deep. But there was just that yeah. little bit of hope of, of maybe they don't go deep and maybe the Avs get his services. No, went to the championships, took, I mean, he took every last possible second of two years that he could. And now the wait is over AJ, let's first of all, University of Massachusetts put out a tribute video to Kale McCarr this morning, uh, thank, so thanking him for his two years there. What kind of impact does a, a kid, a kid, have to have on on a college program for them to do something like that after two years? Uh, well, I mean, just go back and listen to how we talked about UMass when he got drafted. Oh, great! He's going. I mean, he's going to UMass. It's a garbage program that just won, you know, that was coming off a three-win season or something like ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, and and they just hired a new coaching staff. Uh, Greg Carvel was the new guy there. He was really the only reason we had any hope because he was the assistant coach for Ottawa that helped develop Eric Carlson. So it was like, all right, Greg Carvel, okay, we're feeling good about that. Like we feel good about the coach. He's got history there. He can help him out. He can help him develop. But that program, I mean, think of all the firsts that they've accomplished in the last two years. Um, and and how McCarr was the face of UMass program getting set up for the future. You know, why wouldn't you want to go to uh, – why wouldn't you want to go to UMass now? If you're – if you're a, a top college prospect and you're, you know, you're looking around and you're going through the recruiting process, hey, they just they just took a, a top five pick and and had a perfectly harmonious relationship and it worked out perfectly. Like you couldn't have scripted it much better. The only change you make is they win the natty, and that's it. Yeah, which they they so, unfortunately came up short. Uh, last night, losing to Minnesota Duluth, uh, that game started about an hour and a half, uh, about two hours before the Avs game started. So it finished up uh, during the Avs game. But yeah, so you, you know, major bummer. Um, 
for for McCarr losing last night. But AJ, now that he's signed, but by the way, let's let's go ahead and clear the air right now. This is this is what it seems to be. So he's signed his ELC purely by yeah. putting uh, pen to paper the first year that ELC has has uh, has burned. So you might as yeah. well play him. However, since he is 20, if he plays on Monday night, that means he is expansion eligible. Uh, AJ, we're not going to get too into that right now as that's something that's two years out. Uh, a lot can change between now and then. But the Avs will not get the benefit of of being able to, uh, you know, let's let's talk about that. I mean, let's I mean, let's touch on it because it's a it's a huge part of the story. If this was not part of the decision, like fast forward a year, Uh, if they were making this decision next year and expansion didn't play a role in this, this would be a super easy decision, Right. right? This would be an obvious decision. You're burning the year of the ELC anyway. I don't know why people are so like upset by that part of the story. This is the this is the cost of business when you when you draft kids in college at at the top mm-hmm. of the draft, and not even I mean not even that like we've seen um, in the last couple of days Vegas and Columbus have burned years of the ELC to bring guys over from the right. KHL, like guys that may not even play for them. So, like this 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 overvaluing of the ELC is insane. That's not. Teams don't – they're not worried about that. They're worried about getting the player under contract, getting him here, and seeing if they can help out. Well, and the, the ELC I definitely think is is not anywhere near as big of a deal as, as the expansion thing. Not However, he, here's what I, you know, I was just thinking about because, you know, you and, and, uh, and, and our buddy Kevin were laughing last night saying, why are so many people concerned with this whole expansion draft thing? And, and and here's my thing. Yeah, it sucks that you don't get the the you know the the free space with McCarr. But had he come into the league last yeah. year like everyone wanted him to, anyways, myself included, you would have had to protect him for expansion no matter what. Whether he came in last year, uh, you know, because then it would have been he would have had you know enough qualifying pro seasons under his belt. Or if he comes in this year, you were going to have to protect McCarr in expansion no matter what. Especially now that we know the official rules. Whether it be this year, last year, you were gonna have to expose him. Now, if you wanted to wait till next year, I, I don't know why you would, and they're not obviously by by signing the ELC. Um, but it does nobody any good to wait till next year. You you, you play McCarr. Well, so so let's get into that. How do you see them doing this lineup? Do you think they pull Patrick Nemeth out and drop McCarr next to Ian Cole? Do they run eleven and seven? Uh, what do you think? It depends on Gerard's health, right? Like, that's that's. So what the, the if key here. if Gerard's out? You slide Z up to play with Johnson, Cole to play with. Ah, uh, I I go I go back I go Cole Johnson and I go Zadorov Barry, um, and then Nemeth and Makar. Mm. You wouldn't want to go net or. McCarr with Cole to give him a little bit more experience. Uh, I mean, like you could. I just Zadorov Barry yeah. has been good. Yeah, no, I agree for the most part. Like I, I, I thought, dude, I thought Z was rock solid last night outside of a derpy derp with a puck or two. 
which you expect like you, that's normal. I didn't at all see the penalty he got called for. See? Um yeah. So uh, I know he got called for that interference oh. and I didn't I didn't see it so I don't have an opinion on it but uh I know that there was some skepticism expressed right. by others towards it. Um which I mean of course, right? Avs fans don't <laughs> like when Avs take players. But um but so that you know that's that's what it depends on it, de- it depends on yeah, on so. on Sam Gerard's health and if you if you so let's let's just say you've got all six guys healthy. Do you do you take Nemeth out, drop him in with Cole, or do you run eleven and seven, play him in offensive situations, play him? In, do you drop him in on a power play? Do you, do you put him on that PP two there on the left wall where they had JT Confer taking one timers last night? Um, do you maybe put JT Confer yes. in front of the net and put Kale McCarr there? And and so you you run that PP two uh, yeah, again, I mean, assuming Gerard's healthy. You you run PP two with Gerard and McCarr. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I. And would then do. what? That's ex- Comper, that's exactly what I would do. Jost and Soderberg. Uh, yeah, they'll probably run Wilson instead of Jost because Jost is apparently back in the doghouse. But still, I mean, you 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 put him in you put him in situations where he's going to be able to succeed. You play him what between ten and thirteen minutes a night, and I think that's how you ease him in. And and if he comes out, oh, I'd play him more than that, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna do I mean, this, if, if do he's it. your if he he's your seventh D playing in his first NHL game, come on. I, I mean, I would be shocked to see them play him more than fifteen minutes. That's what I. Want I said for ten him, to thirteen. 15. That's that's what well, I want. Fi- I want fifteen. I like make this worth it. If it's twelve, Ryan Graves could have done. Uh, well, that. I know, but I mean, it depends on on you know if if he's getting power play minutes and generating and contributing, then no, Ryan Graves couldn't have done that. But I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And and, and if and if you know if if Gerard's out, which you hope he's not, because wow, was he good last night? If Gerard's out, then then yeah, I mean, I, he's getting fifteen minutes, and it's hey, go show us why we're so excited you're here. And maybe he does. Maybe he comes out. And and he can totally handle the moment, and 15 minutes is no big deal. But I think at least in that first game, if you can, if you can play him as that seventh D, shelter him a bit, put him in situations he's going to be successful, um, and and ramp it up a little bit every game, give him a little bit more, then a little bit more, then a little bit more, uh, until he's centering your first, second, third, and fourth lines and playing on all three D pairings. Yeah, perfect. Uh, it, I mean, we just solved right. all the line of problems. Uh, AJ, what else do you, do you have on Kale McCarr? I, I mean, this is this has been so long in the making, and and the hype has just grown. It seems like every step of the way uh, when they draft him, this is a kid coming out of a you know kind of a second tier junior league. <clears throat> um, you know, as you know, you have to wait, and then it was hey. This kid was an absolute stud in junior. And then, you know, he had a little bit of international experience where it went really well. And then <clears throat> his freshman year didn't go as well as we wanted it to. <clears throat> Allergies are absolutely killing me, so I apologize for all the throat clearing. But no, you know, then then he had a good freshman year, not a great freshman year. And it 
It was a little like, yeah, oh, that was good, but that wasn't what we were expecting. And then it was, well, I guess, was it during his freshman year that he went to the WJCs? Yeah. So, you know, then there's that in there where he's one of the best defensemen in the tournament. And and so that, that brought the hype a little bit back. You were a bit sobered by the, I'm going back for a second year. I don't feel like I'm ready. And then from there to now, man, it's just been a hype train out of control. He absolutely ran through college hockey in his second year. What uh, was the runaway, runaway winner for the Hobie Baker as a sophomore. Um, what can you say about the fact that it's finally here? Uh, Kale McCarr will be joining the Avalanche uh, most likely today. There's no practice, so we won't get to necessarily see him on the ice. But what do you have to say, AJ? It's finally here. We, we can finally stop talking about if and when Kale McCarr is, is going to be in Denver. He's here. It's now. How you feeling? Pretty, pretty good. I mean, how could you feel anything else, man? He's done everything that you want out of a top prospect. He's the best defensive prospect the Avs have ever drafted and developed. Um, although I can't really say they developed him. Just drafted <laughs> and watched develop from afar. Um, he's, I mean, he's everything that you want, right? Like he's, he's accomplished everything, everywhere he's been. And that's one reason why I'm ex- ex- excited to get him into the postseason lineup as I am. It's because this is a dude who has consistently met big moments in his career. You know, winning has followed him. The age when he, you know, the Brooks Bandits destroyed the AJHL when he was there. Uh, Team Canada did work at the uh, World Junior A Challenge. Um, he, you know, he he was the man on a, a gold winning WJC team. He took UMass to a national championship game. Like, this dude has only known winning at the highest level of, of everywhere he's been. And now you could say, oh, well, he doesn't, you know, he's he's played at lower levels the whole time. Like, look, right. the guy's won well, everywhere. And, and... You know, he went to the WJCs and a gold medal winning Canada team. He was one of the three best players. Voted as one of the three by best the coaches, players on that team. by, you know, media not not fans right. like stuffing a ballot box like those guys were like that's the thing right and it's it's ah damn it. I had a really good point and I lost my train of thought when oh oh what I was gonna say was you know and it's not like he outside of Canada at the WJCs which is a very good team still lost a couple games by the way very good team uh but, you know it's like he's always been a part of these powerhouses where it's like. Yeah, he's won at every level, but you know, he's he's been on stacked teams at every level and he hasn't had to be the guy. You know, he's been, you know, middle pairing guys, but he's won ever. No, he's been the guy on teams that he has carried across or to the finish line uh, at, at multiple stages in his career where it's Kale McCarr is the best player on the ice and he's going to drag his team kicking and screaming to success. And that's what is so exciting is this is a guy who ha- has has forced excellence at every step of the way 
and uh, he's been at the center of all of it. And and you now get to drop this kid into a playoff, uh, you know, playoff series that you're you're very much in. Uh, y- you have a chance to, you know, give yourself a, a series lead, and you're adding this kid in. And look, I saw someone on Twitter saying, "Am I the only one not on the Kale McCars the savior train?" He is not the savior in this series. By no means are we saying that. But what has been the problem all year we've talked about the abs? Not enough depth. What did we say was going to be the hardest part for them to overcome with Calgary? It's Calgary's depth. Well, this is another guy you are adding into the the, the bottom half of your lineup that that is going to be able to help combat some of that depth play. And, and so it's not that he's going to be the savior, but man, he's going to make you tougher to play against throughout your lineup. Yeah. Like, look, like this is the hard part when we get into the McCarr stuff, how much does he help right away? Like you, we expect like Kale McCarr is going to have a great career. We expect him to be a very, very good defenseman, maybe a legit number one, maybe a Norris candidate someday. Mm -hmm. He won't be those things tomorrow. You know? Tomorrow night, like, he won't – it should be – his speed is going to help. His puck-carrying ability uh, through the neutral zone, out of the defensive zone, it's going to help. There's going to be an element of unpredictability to the guy because teams haven't seen him yet. They haven't – they don't, like – they don't know quite what to game plan for him. You know, he's he's still a really big unknown at the NHL level for everybody. That's abs and opponents. So, you know, it's we we don't like none of us really know yet just where this still has to go. You know, where we we just don't know what exactly he's gonna give. Uh, we're hoping that it's that it's something dynamic and impactful and meaningful and not just, well, he played 13 right. minutes and he didn't screw up. That'd be great. Like, let's be realistic. That would be great, given that he's, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid getting dropped into uh, an NHL playoff series with no real meaningful practice time, no adjustment. Uh, and maybe maybe we're jumping the gun. You know, we don't know for sure he's going to play tomorrow. We all expect right. him to because why wouldn't you? But, you know, maybe they do want to give him a, a, a day of practice. And, and we all have to slow our roll and be like, okay, well, now we have to wait another day or two for this. But the expectation should be that he can come in and be a dynamic force on the blue line, his skating can put pressure on Calgary and he can, he can add another puck mover to Colorado's blue line. Uh, and especially if Sam Gerard is out uh, and he can't go, then you can at least replace Sam Gerard uh, with, with McCarr. Although it's, it would be really unfair to expect it to be like a, Oh, no big deal. We right. could just, you know, we replaced him. It's fine. <clears throat> losing my voice after last night. I'm sorry. Oh, I understand. I understand completely. AJ, <clears throat> let's take another break. We come back. Let's talk a little bit about how Kale McCarr and how the success 
uh, the Avs had in Calgary in game two, how those things might come together uh, to help them pull out a win um, in game three. Like you said, maybe he doesn't play in game three. It all kind of depends on, uh, on, on Sam Girard. Not all depends. Partly depends on Sam Girard. Partly depends on, uh, you know, how he feels when he gets a chance to talk to Jared Bednar this afternoon. But we are going to just preview the rest of this series a little bit, take a look around the league, see what else has been going on. It has been a crazy start to the playoffs already. BS and Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. And do you have a guess? Do you have a guess what I'm going to tell you about? I'm going to tell you about that game-changing coffee from Strava Craft Coffee. It's the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. Get it shipped straight to your door. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here. Abs, Flames, Kale McCarr, it's all coming together tomorrow night. Uh, AJ, again, assuming health for Gerard, what are the keys to tomorrow night? We're going to kind of breeze through this because we've spent a lot of time talking about Makar and the matchup and everything. Uh, what are the keys for tomorrow night if the Avs want to pull one out of game three? Special teams. You gotta, they've got to find a way to, to break through on the power play. <clears throat> they've got to, uh, they've got to limit the number of penalties that they, that they took. I think they put Calgary on the power play, what, five times last night? Something like that. So and that's that's got to come way down. This is a postseason, man. And some of those some of those have been nonsense for sure. Like I don't I don't want to sit here and pretend like the officiating has been incredible. <clears throat> but like some of that, I mean, yeah, you've got to yeah they one for five last night. They've got a power play goal in <clears throat> each of the first two games in the series. So. You know they need to they need to tone that down, um, and that's somewhere Kale McCart very possibly could step in and help right away. Yeah, he's on the power play. Yeah. Oh, that's their power play has got to get going, and that's that they've got to figure that out. And their penalty kills got to the the penalty kills got to figure out how to stop them. And like one for five is like you can live with that, but. You'd really like to stop giving up special teams goals. Make them beat you five on five. 
Yeah. Because they haven't really been able to uh, so far. You know, they had two power play goals in the first game uh, and one last and one last night. They've got essentially two 5v5 goals so far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in two games. So that's not – they have not been particularly prolific at 5v5. Now, Colorado hasn't either, of course. <laughs> but, you know, with a, with a shorthanded goal and two even-strength goals last night. But even then, like, they've got two even-strength goals uh, last night, and Calgary has two even-strength goals in two games. Special teams is what put them over the top in game one. Uh, they were able to mitigate the power play goal with a shorthanded goal last night. You're not going to be able to do that every night. Right. So, you know, you've got to stop. You've got to stop them on the power play. Your pay, your penalty kill, it just has to be better. It just has to be better. Huge uh, huge credit to Matt Nieto, by the way. Something we didn't talk about there in segment one. What Great effort by him. Awesome job. And, and, and is that not exactly what we've been talking about with, hey, when Matt Nieto went down, there's parts of the game, that, uh, of his game that you'll miss. That was one of them, and uh, you know that's where you see the value of Matt Nieto, a guy who's a depth guy. Uh, you know, probably in, in all actuality, nothing more than you know, fourth line guy, maybe a third line guy. You know, where you need him, but he's got skill, he's got speed, and uh, he was able to break the ice last night for the Avs. I was sitting there telling you <clears throat> how important I thought it was the Avs needed to break through on on a goalie like Mike Smith. Who's who's just you know living and dying with every save? You had to break through. You had to kind of break that that bit of mental confidence. Matt Nieto shorthanded on a breakaway, uh, exactly what the Avs needed. So huge, huge props to Matt Nieto. Great finish. Absolutely, and like really drives home that guy's value. You yeah. know, a guy that get got lost in the shuffle, and when he got hurt, you know, we were talking all about. Uh, oh, well, you know, Rantanen and, and Landis Gog were hurt, but getting Nieto back as quickly as they did, yeah. Yeah, again, I talked about depth with Kale McCarr. Matt Nieto, that's depth. Is he a game-breaker? No, but he's another guy that, that can be a threat. He was last night shorthanded, uh, got the abs going. AJ, well, let's – go ahead. That's that's a guy, like, when you talk about experience and, and understanding the moment – that dude was part of San Jose's uh, Stanley Cup final run. Actually had a hand, I think like two or three big goals for them along the way. Yeah, he did. And there was a reason that they were they were really, really, really hoping to not lose him on waivers when they did. Uh, and, you know, Colorado has absolutely benefited from that ever since. So, you know, and uh, Nieto, like career-wise too, he's been uh, weirdly productive. You know, he had three points in last year's series against against Nashville. He's got now he's got one point in two games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has 12 points in 31 playoff games. Yeah. I was looking at it last night and I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, because it's, you know, you expect a guy who's like a who's like a 20 point guy. Uh, you know, you you expect him to kind of roll along at a certain pace. And he has like a career high scoring pace in the postseason, and right, you're just right. like, what a beast! Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Where's Matt Calvert? Your turn. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's the next guy when you see step up and uh, put one in for for score one for the depth team. AJ, let's let's turn our focus away from this series for a minute here. 
Yeah, and let's talk about the Eagles making the playoffs. Let Let's talk about that first. Oh. So why was it so um, – I don't know if I want to say funny, maybe comical. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Colorado <laughs> Eagles on the last day squeak into the playoffs, breaking the hearts and crushing the hopes and dreams of – the Tucson Roadrunners, the Arizona Coyotes AHL affiliate, uh, Colorado Eagles on the last day of the year. The Eagles needed to win and needed the Roadrunners to get zero points. That is exactly what happened. And so the Arizona Coyotes, uh, that organization must have pretty serious hate for the abs. If they move to the Central uh, here in a couple of years, maybe that is a rivalry after all. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to play meaningful games, right? You do. So the the Eagles get in the, the abs organization that their NHL, AHL and ECHL uh, teams all going to the playoffs this year. Um, Unofficially, I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. We'll have to double check on that. Um, It's certainly the first time that it's happened in the draft and develop era post Pierre Lacroix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, really exciting for the Avs, really exciting for the Eagles. Um, you know, exciting for the Avs AHL organization when you think about, uh, you know, them as the rampage for the last few years and the and the monsters the year, the, you know, a few years before. When was the last time the Avs had an AHL team going to the playoffs? Uh, the monsters, however many years ago. So yeah, so they I don't. Met. I don't honestly re- even remember when it was. They they have been so unsuccessful at the AHL level for so long mm-hmm. that even getting this close was like somewhat of a victory, right? Um, and they honestly they blew that, and they should have been in easy. They had a seven point lead with three weeks to go, and they made it as absolutely difficult as possible on them. Um, so it's you know it's you only get so many paths. Like you made it, so credit but like you only get so many pats on the back because they made it as difficult as they did and because your ahl team is about development it's about getting guys prepared for the next level and they were leaning on guys like max mccormick and and tim mcgauley you know echl guys uh you know jolie like they need to be leaning a little heavier on their prospects they send Ty Lewis down to the Grizzlies and he's he's putting up three points per game. You know, like put that guy, get that guy back in Loveland, let him do the thing. You know, Nick Henry and Shane Bowers should not push those guys off the roster. That said, it was awesome to see uh, what you would still consider abs prospects uh, do the work and scoring the goals and, and playing the big roles last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it does come with a little bit of an asterisk in that, you know, the it has not been as development-focused as you would like for that run to have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, again, like, you're all about, oh, hey, you want this to be... You want this to be about your prospects, you know? And last night, uh, you know, Logan O'Connor, uh, Dominic Toninato, and Martin Cout get the goals. So you feel good about mm-hmm. that. You're like, okay... Those guys got it done, but they haven't been playing the, like the major roles, right? Like, there's been there's been too many of the Max McCormick, uh, Michael Jolie, uh, 
Mark Alt, David Warsawski, Scott Kosmachuk, um, you know, Cody Bass kind of stuff. Right. Where those guys, you're just like, come on. You know, I don't mind Agazino because that guy's like a man of the people. Well, he's like Rocco and... Grimaldi was for in the AHL, where it's like, yeah, that's well, and and like Agazino was like an, an Avs organizational find all those years ago. And if Agazino wants to stay and be part of the Eagles forever, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, but you just don't you don't want six of them, you know? Mm-hmm. You you only want one or two. Yeah, you want you want your AHL team to be about development. So I'm really, really excited that they made the postseason. It's gonna be awesome for them. Uh, it's good for it's good. I mean, there's there's no way to say that this is not good a good step forward for the organization, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not quite the feel good, um, you know, AHL success story that you'd like for it to be. Uh, but it's still pretty dope because the majority of guys on that team are still prospects. Yeah, still. Uh... Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting and it's good for <clears throat> for Loveland because that's a team or that's a that's a community that's very used to seeing their team heading to the postseason. So it's good for that as well. Uh, very quickly, let's take a look around the NHL at some of these other first round matchups. Sharks and Knights tied at one apiece. I don't think anyone's surprised there. I think that series is going to be two teams beating the absolute crap out of each other. Um so it's all tied up there. It's been an entertaining games one and two, very high scoring uh, in that series. The Blues lead two to nothing over the Winnipeg Jets. Um, AJ, are you surprised, or is this exactly what you thought? Uh, that series is going as I expected. Maybe, maybe not like two zero in Winnipeg, but I mean, we're talking about it's been like a razor thin margin mm-hmm. in those games. But ultimately, St. Louis finding a way because Winnipeg has a lot of problems right now. Uh, Dallas and Nashville tied at one apiece. We talked a little bit about that one in the first segment. That, again, Dallas has to be feeling pretty good uh, with themselves right now. Look out east. Uh, Islanders take both at home. Uh, I know they are playing right now. Let's see. They sure Two to are. one. They are up over the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. I know you said that was not the matchup you wanted, but man, after taking both at home, you got to be feeling pretty good. I feel phenomenal. This is the most fun playoffs that I have ever had because it's it's the only time the abs and Islanders have made it at the same (sighs) time. And they're on opposite schedules. Oh, nice. And so I go, I go from last night's chaos at the bar to I wake up and the Isles have the early game today. Uh, the Isles, I'm going to go straight from the watching the Islanders game when we get done doing this to uh, going to Avs availability and finding out about Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr. So, and then tomorrow is Avs game day, and then after that is Isles game day. This postseason rocks. Postseason rocks. Uh, <clears throat> I think this is the one series so far that's kind of going hard against your prediction. Uh, Capitals take both from the uh, Hurricanes in game one and two. Washington has a 2-0 lead heading into Carolina. Uh, yeah, I bit too hard on Carolina. I'm definitely going to be wrong about that. Washington has just been better in, in every way. Like, they've – that series, I bit too hard. That was a bad call. <laughs> uh, Toronto and Boston, uh, one-to-one. I think you and I both said we see this one going to all seven. So exactly what we kind of yeah. predicted. 
Leafs came out in that first game though and kind of to me it was it was a bit of a statement win that hey we're not going to roll over to Boston and uh, and and you know they were they're here to play so I I like that that series is tied one to one that's another one that's a good one uh, to be watching I love the first round of the playoffs dude it's just it's such in it's dude, insane Christmas. it's insanely good hockey all day every day for two and a half weeks. Uh, starting at 5 p.m. every day. It's just great hockey. It's a sprint to the finish of great hockey. Um, then obviously the big one that I don't think anybody saw coming or maybe everybody saw coming because of how things went last year, Columbus Blue Jackets jump out to a 2 to nothing lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning, stealing both games on the road, similarly to what they did last year with the Washington Capitals. Uh, taking both at uh, you know on the road before eventually losing the series, but man, the Tampa Bay Lightning seemed like they were all over them in Game One. Dropped a three nothing lead, and then the Lightning got blown out of the water in Game Two. Worried about the Lightning, or do you think they find a way to bounce back? Ooh. Uh, they bounce back without Kucherov. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I believe in that talent on that team too much. They've been too good. What? Uh, but for all the same reasons, I'm worried about Calgary. And you talk about having an easy season, getting punched in the mouth. Um, very real reason uh, to worry about. For me, the diff- difference uh, is, though, I mean, back. Tampa Bay has been to a Stanley Cup final within the last handful of years. You know, they're in the playoffs every year. Uh, Eastern Conference finals last year. This is a team, this is a group that's dealt with adversity, that's dealt with being down in the playoffs. Um, and, and I mean, this is where, you know, you talk about, all, you know, the experience and why it's so important and get guys in. You got to, you know, playoffs are a different beast. This is exactly what it's for. The Lightning had the experience. Uh, you have to still believe that they're at least going to push back and, and make this a series. Because uh, like you said, they're, they're, I know there's the whole thing with the President's Trophy and, oh, the curse and this and that. Look, that team is just too, is just too good to, to completely roll over. Um, so I expect a serious pushback from them, even without Nikita Kucherov uh, for Game 3. I think that's going to be uh, still a fun series. But, yeah, wow. Didn't see it coming. Columbus out to a 2-0 lead. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, that certainly turned itself into a series that everybody has to pay serious attention to because we just Yeah, I think everyone kind of overlooked it as the, oh, you know, the the Blue Jackets got in. Good for them. They'll win a game and, and, you know, it'll be fun. But I think the Lightning kind of, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, Blue Jackets are here to play. That's a really good roster, too, that maybe – just need a little and I love it. Man. Maybe they just need a little bit of time to find their footing. But you know what I love? NHL GMs are now looking around going, oh, we can have fun and still find success. Dope. We'll do that. So Well, and Travis Yost just tweeted something out about all the leading scores in the playoffs right now. And it's 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 Nicholas, it's Backstrom from Washington. And then all the next like six guys are guys that got traded for in the last year. Some of them at the deadline, which is funny because there are people out there who are like the trade deadline is useless. Uh, the trade deadline never pays off. Um, the, you know, trading for guys is a mistake. You got to build from within all the time. 
you know, you blah, 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 blah. And then you look at like postseason success. And obviously we're talking like four days into the playoffs. But these guys, I mean, it's been a weird year for high-level talent moving. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. And you're happy for Matt Duchesne. He finally breaks through. Finally gets that first playoff goal off. Yeah, like no bones. Like let him, you know, let him. Let yeah, him you're happy to thing. see him. You know, this is this is was the whole point of all of it. And you're happy to see him get in. Uh, great guy, Matt Duchesne. It was feeling cruel if they missed the Especially postseason. someone had sent me a message saying, can you imagine if it comes down to game 82 and they lose to the Senators? Oh, yeah, that would have been. At that point, I think Matt Duchesne would have had to retire because obviously someone had it out for him. Yeah, like the universe was like, Doug, sorry, like, we like, like the, you. It was something like, hey, if you make it to the playoffs, you know, something bad is going to happen. The universe was almost like protecting him at that point. To where it's like, do you? Are you sure you want to go? Some, something really wants to keep you out of the playoffs. Are you sure you want to be there? It was some like final yeah, yeah, destination yeah. level shit where you're just like, don't do right. it. Don't get on the airplane. Matt yeah, Duchesne, yeah, don't that, go that to the playoffs. Only, if 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 he would have, if it would have come down to game eighty two and they needed a win and he lost to the Senators, it would have been like, dude, go play, go play in the KHL or something because. Man, oh man, this is getting hard. This is getting hard to watch. So happy for him. Happy he made it. Happy he huge night for him in game two. Four points uh, for Matthew Shane. AJ, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Long show today. Long segments. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Had a lot to talk about. Any? Yeah, weird that on a Saturday morning that we've got Sunday this much morning. to a Sunday morning that we've got this much to talk about. Yeah, I still don't know right. my days of the week. It's hard to keep uh, track of it all. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump Patty here, AJ. Um, Avs, Flames, Game 3 tomorrow night at Pepsi Center. Cannot wait. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I'm going to get downtown a little bit early tomorrow, uh, start trying to enjoy some of the festivities uh, that only come around once a year. So it's, uh, it's an awesome time. Can't wait to be down there. Can't wait to be uh, just a part of the atmosphere. Yeah, they got the uh, tailgate they do. going on, right? Yeah, I might. Uh, cool. I, I don't know, know if I'll necessarily is. be down there for that, but I will try to find it. I'm sure you and I will find each other before the game tomorrow. I'm sure we'll both be down there early. For Adrian Dater, who did a great job covering the abs in Calgary, check out all the work on bsndenver.com. And AJ Hayfley, who does such an amazing job every day uh i was there last night aj you had people coming up to you just wanting to meet you just wanting to say thank you for the coverage uh that you provided of the ads so it was awesome fun man it was great meeting everybody and saying hi to the people that i'd already met uh just a blast couldn't have couldn't Absolutely. honestly so yeah for adrian dater and aj hayfley i'm jesse montano this is the bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage have a great sunday you guys